welcome back to Functional Spirituality and Happy New Year. Today is January 3rd, 2022 and I usually record these episodes on Monday and then Meg edits and publishes them on Tuesday or Wednesday. So you're probably listening to this on Wednesday the 5th. And if you read our newsletter for this month, for this year, one of the things I mentioned is that I want to record a episode every week um, as well as our weekly meditation. Actually, it's not um, a want. It's something that is on our schedule. And I feel organized and inspired to do that. Maybe you are aware of my kind of mission or my deepest heart's intention is to increase the accessibility of functional spiritual practices and functional personal development and meditation practices, not just through our brand here of functional spirituality, but through all the other teachers, this revolutionary wave of non-dogmatic, deeper, more intentional spiritual teachers. And... um yeah, to take a stand against the, the dilution and the dogmatism and the distraction of spirituality um, because it's something that we need so powerfully at this time is functional and transformative and meaningful and, and relevant teachers and teachings. So one way to increase that accessibility is to have some more regular teachings on the podcast. So I'm really looking forward to it. Today, I want to answer a question that comes very, very often on retreat, um, but I'm kind of summarizing a particular version of it. So there comes a really common question on retreat about how do I deal with my triggers when I go home or how do I act when I'm triggered in a um, my work environment? And basically, it's kind of saying, well, you know, this, all of this peacefulness and, you know, the silent retreats have a lot of non-duality and stillness and um, bypassing involved, you know, not, uh, there's a whole section about not addressing the content of your experience and, and sidestepping that into this whole other dimension of kind of peace and detachment. Of course, that's only for those of you who don't know myself or the work intimately that's only a small portion of the practice a lot of the practice is spent paying attention to the content as well Um, so we just look at the legitimacy of bypassing content for non-dual meditative purposes Um, so I wanted to summarize the question today um, as or one of the versions of it which is what do I do when I get triggered in a conversation so this happens to us a lot, you know, relationship is the, is the cause of so much of our conditioning that um, leads us to feel triggered. And um, in answering this question, what do I do when I feel triggered in a conversation, I also, like I broke it down into three, three parts, three things that is really being asked in this question. So the first one is, how do I be present in the moment with what is actually here? Then next, how do I have the intelligence to, like the emotional and relational intelligence to really consider what is happening here and 
what outcomes do I want and how could I get there? So there's like an intelligence and a, um, a rational piece in there somehow, as well as intuitive and emotional. And then the third bit is how do I have freedom to act in alignment with these um, intentions or my highest aspirations for what, what I've rationally seen I most want? So how do I have the freedom to act in alignment with those highest aspirations or my greatest opportunities in that moment? Because so many times, you know, we might know what we should say or we might know what we should do, but there's a part of us that says, I don't want to feel that or I don't want to do that. So even though I know I should be nice, I feel strongly compelled otherwise. In fact, that is, that is where my choice lies. I don't have the freedom to choose something else. So when we're triggered in a conversation, it is a very complex experience and situation and our desires for our highest potential also have a couple of layers and also the obstacles to it have a couple of layers. So those three things, they each need to be trained individually. It's very much um, in alignment with what we teach in functional spirituality and the three-part method is... um, it, it feeds into these three kind of intentions about being present in the moment and really experiencing what is actually here instead of experiencing your own projections, having the intelligence to, con- to consider the different dynamics that are at play, and then to have the freedom to act in alignment with your deepest potential. And analyzing conversations in retrospect is often the first opportunity that we have. But the more that we do analyze the triggered conversations that we have had in retrospect, so in hindsight or after the fact, it increases the chances of the opportunity to act differently. So it starts to create a framework of understanding about what these dynamics are in in the conversations and we work through them in, you know, in an extended period of time afterwards, and we kind of figure it all out. And then when we are in the kind of heat of a moment where we may be triggered in a conversation, you've, you've worked all of that out. So all of that is muscle memory. All of that is understanding and knowledge that you actually have that you can call upon. So analyzing anything in retrospect is a really, really good idea. So it's really simple. I mean, after you listen to this, I'd love to hear if you think that there are other things that can happen in a conversation. But for me, it's it's really simple. There's just, you only have two options. There's two things that can happen. There's two things that happen to me in a triggering conversation. And those two things are called, one, what do you want? And two, fuck off. So number one, what do you want? So either you're in a situation where you actually, you've, you have this, for some reason, you have this space where you could genuinely ask a person, what do they want? Like what is going on for them in the conversation? And the second option is when you really don't have that capacity and the only thing that you have is being triggered and angry. So both of them are totally legitimate and I want to just speak to what both of them are. So the first one is where you have to, it's like in a split second, like you don't use all the words, but basically you're asking yourself in that moment, 
do I want to provide this person with what they most want or need? Like, is there even a little bit of me that would be interested in even trying? Maybe you have no idea how to do it. You don't know if it's going to work and you don't think they're even going to, there's no chance they're even going to respond well, but there's some part of you that says, okay, I'm, I'm willing to give it a try. So if you even have the tiniest bit of that, then you, you can give this a try. Um, and if you're totally like, look, I, I, I know I'm triggered, but I do want this person to receive what they want and to, to be satisfied. I want them to be happy. I want, I want to help them in some way. If you have any of that inkling and inclination at all to do that, then basically the only thing that you should be doing from that point forward, as soon as you realize that, or maybe an unconscious realization and you just start to move towards it, what the only thing you're doing in number one is you're trying to infer what they want. So it means you're trying to figure it out. So that means that you suggest something and then ask if you got it right. So there's not, you know, like there's so many other options, you know, in, when you're triggered in a conversation, you know, trying to fix things and plan things and all of that is fine in other conversations. But when you're really triggered, you should either try to find out what they want or you should be totally angry and take space. So if you're trying to figure out what they want, you might say things like, is what you're trying to say blank, blank, blank? Or are you saying that you feel blank, blank, blank? Or are you saying that what you want is blank, blank, blank? Are you saying what you need is blank, blank, blank? So you're trying to figure out what they want. And this is a way to help you process your trigger and also help to improve the dynamic, which is like what we most want really is for the dynamic to improve so we can keep on, you know, navigating our lives successfully. So this is the first way to try it, to try to find out what they want and to be interested. And if that's like, no, well, I don't want to do that and I have no desire to do that. I'm angry. I don't want to see their side. I don't want to help them. I'm just triggered and angry. Then you're in the second category, which I called F off. And in that case, it's a good idea to as gently as possible, ask to take space. Um, sometimes you don't, there's no gentleness. You don't have the gentleness. You just say, look, I just need some space or, you know, fuck off. <laughs> I need space, whatever it is. And then your options are to basically say, why am I triggered? Why am I triggered? And if you're that triggered, you're going to have a whole story. Unpack that story, write it down, do the work, really let it come out. And there is a third hidden option. So the third option is to not do, not to become interested in what they want not to become interested in what you want, so not one or two. Number three is to distract or ignore yourself, ignore or suppress um, what has just happened. So completely ignore what has just happened. Don't do anything about it. Um, so, you know, basically to be completely 
unwilling to act in your act in your best interest in this moment like not like ignoring and distracting those are you know potentially mechanisms that could have been defending you or acting in your best interest at another time in a developmental period but in this moment it's out of place it's not serving you at all and that might be an option so this is like a third hidden option so you may actually have this option and the option is also valid because if you take this option to distract yourself ignore what has just happened and suppress what you're feeling and thinking then you can also notice that you've done that. So you've taken a choice to not investigate your trigger, not lean into the other person's well-being and honor them as a valid human being as well. You've decided to do none of those things and just kind of ignore and suppress the situation. Just notice that you've done that. That's actually also an option as well. So to... It's actually good awareness. So it's about building awareness of the way you're behaving is another option that I actually would be happy to present here as also being valid. And like I said, there may be other options and actions and behaviors that you take when you're triggered that you also think is valid. Um, These are the three that I kind of came up with and thought it would be really good to keep it simple that this is what I do. It's really simple. I'm either going to lean into them and I have at least a little bit of a capacity and I expand that and I'm training myself to, to listen in that way or I'm listening to myself and I'm taking space because the dynamic just does not support me leaning into them. I need to lean into myself first. And then there's the option of recognizing that you're not doing anything to support that dynamic in yourself and just to notice that. So this is just a little, I guess like a little like idea about what's going on inside triggering conversations. It's, it's as much as it is providing some kind of steps, it's also providing a kind of insight into, you know, what is, what are these triggering dynamics? What, what do they do to us? And What do we need when that's all happening? So I hope this has been helpful. It's definitely a question that we get asked a lot. And the last bit of housekeeping, I'll let those of you know, I don't think I've mentioned it on the podcast yet, that we have our start meditation course starting next Monday, January 10th. So if you want to learn meditation with me, this is your absolute best opportunity to do so. So I actually don't teach meditation on the podcast at all. We have never had meditation teaching on the podcast. On the podcast, you get the weekly meditations, but that's just a practice. So I got a lot of questions about, you know, is the meditation course just repeating things on the podcast? Actually, If you have only been listening to the guided meditations, you definitely need the meditation course. So it's the theoretical component that goes along with the practices. It's all online, totally self-paced, although it's set up for you to do it at least once in 21 days. And every other day you get a module, which is a training about meditation and then a meditation practice to help 
kind of solidify that theory. So it's nothing like you've ever done on the podcast before. Um, I've had total beginners go through. I've had advanced practitioners go through and say that it was completely life-changing and completely practice-changing to the way that they had practiced meditation before. So I don't teach meditation like this anywhere else. Even if you've been on retreat with me, this will be a really big help. So if you're interested, just reach out to us. Otherwise, go to the website, functionalspirituality.com and look for the meditation course. Highly, highly recommend to do something. It's really, you know, really well-priced, very accessible. I think there's even a payment plan um, so that you can get some really, really helpful support and make a really big difference and engage with a really strong, beautiful practice as you start off your year. So yeah, could not recommend it anymore. And I will see you, listen to you, chat with you over the next few weeks about how you have received this podcast. And I'll be in your ears next week with another podcast. Lots of love.